Hey there, and thanks for tuning in to episode 47 of the Eyes Free Sports podcast. This is your host, Greg Lindbergh. Here on episode 47, we are highlighting the Long Island Bombers beat baseball team and also looking back at the Bombers' performance in the 2021 National Beat Baseball Association World Series, which was held in Wichita, Kansas back in July. And so I was honored to be a member of the Bombers this year and got to compete on the team in the World Series uh, in Kansas and uh, just had an amazing time uh, not only getting to compete in the games, but just getting to meet uh, such a, an incredible group of people and diverse backgrounds and everything. Uh, so thoroughly enjoyed uh, the experience. So on this episode, we have three interviews with three different members of the Bombers organization. And then the final segment uh, is just putting a bow on uh, the World Series and uh, just giving some shout outs to all of the competitors and volunteers uh, who made the entire experience uh, for us happen this year. So let's take a swing at episode 47. Okay, so joining me on this segment of the podcast is Ted Fass, and Ted is the executive director and one of the co-founders of the Long Island Bombers. Ted, welcome to the podcast. My pleasure. Sure thing. So uh, if you want to just start off with a brief bio about yourself and just who is Ted Fass, uh, for those who aren't uh, familiar with you. My name is Ted Fass. Um, my company is Entertainment Unlimited by Ted Fass. I'm in the entertainment business providing entertainment to corporate events, casinos, festivals, private parties for the last 40 years. I live in Rockville Center, New York, which is in Long Island, married with two daughters, uh, Rachel and Allison. I have three grandchildren and uh, love playing beat baseball, but I'm, I'm retired and just kind of running the organization. Gotcha, very interesting. And then as far as your visual impairment, if you could talk about that. Uh, At the age of 11, uh, I lost my sight. I had a tumor in the nasal pharynx, which uh, severed my optic nerve. Oh, wow. That's pretty unusual. And uh, then are you totally blind or do you have light perception? I'm uh, totally blind. Gotcha. I see. And so let's talk about uh, adaptive sports. So was it beat baseball? Was that the first sport that you played uh, in terms of adaptive sports? One day I was in my office and I got a call. Uh, My assistant said, there's somebody on the phone by the name of Steve, and he wants to know if you want to play beat baseball. Now, I had no idea at the time what beat baseball was. I invited him down to the office, and um, we met. He explained to me what beat baseball was uh, about, and I was so excited to be able to play baseball again. It's been since I lost my sight because I was in Little League. And um, to be able to play baseball was like the greatest thing at the time. Wow, that's awesome. And was that uh, Steve Guerra by chance? Yes. Wow, very cool. And then so it was you and Steve that, that worked together to get the Bombers going, correct? Yeah, it was Steve and I, you know, we had several meetings. We, um, he told me, you know, passed his knowledge on to me about what beat baseball was. There was another, uh, there was an existing team uh, out in Babylon, New York, who held an annual event, fundraising event, and they played the the New York Islanders hockey team. So we went out there, a bunch of us to see, uh, you know, what was it about, what it was about. And I said, no problem, I could definitely do this, not only from being a player, but I would be able to coordinate and put together the organization uh, of the Long Island Bombers. Because in my business, I produce events. And um, this was more, it was, this was a very natural thing for me to be able to create opportunities to be able to play beat baseball. I mean, the hardest part was recruiting players and volunteers at the time, our mission was to educate the public. In other words, once we got the, the team established uh, from a volunteer aspect and the actual player aspect, I concentrated on uh, reaching out to corporations, civic organizations, 
uh, schools where we did speaking engagements, where we played a uh, corporation, which was a sighted team. When they were up at bat, they had to be blindfolded and out in the field. The rule was if they got possession of the ball and threw it home before we reached the base, uh, they were out. So the concentration was on the mission of education, not necessarily beat baseball. And we reached out, we, we played Geico, we played computer associates, civic mm. organizations. We did a demo at City Field and at Yankee Stadium. And Oh, we, wow, that's awesome. Yeah, we used to get a lot of press on TV. Yes, Network did a great piece on us. We were in the newspaper and the word kind of got out. People knew about us. Uh, we were relevant in the area. Uh, people used to call me, you know, to volunteer or they had a relative or a uh, uh, sibling that was visually impaired and how can they come aboard? So that's the part that I enjoy now more than anything because I don't play, uh, creating this opportunity for players to um, be part of a team, socialize with other people who have uh, similar disabilities like them. It's very rewarding to watch them grow. Socially, they get out, they get exercise. We have players that never even knew what a baseball field looked like or how to hold a bat. And now they're married, they have children and they have jobs. And, you know, the Long Island Bombers was the vehicle that directed them in that way. Absolutely. And the power of sport is really incredible in so many ways. As far as the time frame, so when were the Bombers actually established? What year? I would say probably 97, I think it was, about 25 years ago. Gotcha. And then uh, they've been going to the World Series uh, for quite a while as well, right? Yeah, they've been going to the World Series because it kind of shifted where the tournaments and the World Series became the uh, main objective, which, you know, I can understand the competition's awesome. Getting to play ball against other visually impaired and blind teams, you know, it's a good feeling. I participated in a couple, so I know the feeling. But that's that's the main objective now is, is to be competitive and... Um, Next season, we're going to start to bring back a lot of the uh, speaking engagements. Oh, nice. Very cool. And uh, just for anyone listening who might be interested in starting a beatball team or any kind of, you know, adaptive sports group, you know, what kind of advice would you give that person? Obviously, the Bombers have been around, what, 24 years now. Uh, so quite a good track record there. I would say that the hardest part is to get volunteers, and that would be in probably any organization. But it would be to get some devoted volunteers, research the uh, different agencies, Helen Keller, Commission for the Blind, to try to find um, players, even go to the schools. I'm sure that there are visually impaired blind kids in every school. And, um, you know, once you, get, once you get the pieces, then you have to put the product together. Absolutely. And then as far as your actual playing career in beatball, uh, any, any certain games or moments stand out to you that you might want to mention? <laughs> the only, <laughs> I mean, playing was great. The competition's awesome. Um, trying to get better at hitting or faster to get down the base was, you know, my goal every week. Uh, I would say the one event that sticks out in my mind was when I was, I played um, three, which is up the middle in the outfield. There was a ball hit to the right side, uh, picture uh, second base, and it was my job to back up the second baseman. I dove for the ball, and the player in number one, which is on the right side, first base, but behind the second baseman came across, and I dove for the ball, and I dove right into him, and the <laughs> volunteer at third base was able to hear my next snap. Thank God nothing happened, but that's <laughs> that's the event that sticks out in my mind the most. Yikes, yeah. Hopefully it wasn't too painful. <laughs> it wasn't painful, but it was scary. Oh, yeah, no doubt. And then as far as other adaptive sports, any other sports you've competed in? Uh, yeah, I'm part of the, uh, the National Golf Association because playing beat baseball had a lot of problems with my knees. And that's kind of why I had to retire playing. And I started to take up golf, uh, which I find very rewarding. And it's a lot of fun. Awesome. Very cool. 
And uh, any any tournaments or moments in golf that that have stood out to you? The first tournament that I was ever in was in um, Texas, and that was a tremendous learning experience. It was the first time that I was ever with other visually impaired golfers. One of the key things about blind golf is your coach, because you're relying on that person to set you up. You, you do a practice swing before each shot, and then you know he would say, "Give me ten percent more, or take a little bit off." You know he sets me up uh, in terms of uh, direction, and then the rest is up to me. It gets it's it's very interesting when you're on the green. When what we do is we we t I tap the ball with my golf club and then we walk to the hole, so I get an idea if the ball is going down, if it's if it's going up, what the lie is, and uh, then we walk back and I do a practice swing, and um, you know once again he'll tell me a little harder, a little softer, uh, knowing that it's downhill. I'm not going to hit you know I'm not going to hit it harder, uh, even though it might be further away because it's just going to go quick and you know that's where the that's that's where the coach comes in handy because you know i can't um judge the light so you know we might say give me a five footer and the, the hole could be 10 15 feet away right right exactly and would you say there are any parallels between uh beat baseball and golf for the blind i think in both the key is to be able to focus and concentrate because when I first went out on the baseball field and um, I thought it was going to be like baseball and um, the I would say the biz, biggest obstacle was that the surrounding sounds that you might hear that would interfere with the ball that's beeping in other words I used to play let's say third base uh, in that area and beat baseball it's called uh, four in the beginning and then all of a sudden somebody would start their lawnmower to to do you know their mow their lawn <laughs> and i had to concentrate on the ball beeping or an airplane might go over or if the yep. if the field was near a school and a car went by you know what you had to learn is to be able to isolate the external sounds and concentrate on the beeping ball and kind of in golf when a plane goes over i stop because focusing you know um i would say is the number one obstacle and I could tell when I hit the ball if I go to the right or if it's a nice shot I could feel it off the club and I could also tell by the sound right I see that's a great point and then just to wrap up here uh, you know why would you recommend someone listening to this who has never played any kind of sports adaptive sports who is visually impaired or blind you know what are the the true benefits of being involved in sports for me it's it's getting out there and have the, having the uh, physical activity in both situations you could do whatever you want it there's there's no there's no limits um there's no restrictions like i said before getting out there being with people uh the physical aspect networking you know those are those those are great op opportunities i mean i just happen to be a very competitive person so i love to get out there to, to, to better my game every time i play exactly very well said all right. Well, again, we've been chatting with Ted Fass, uh, the executive director of the Long Island Bombers. And Ted, really appreciate the time and perspective. And thanks for joining us here on the podcast. That's great. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. So joining me on this segment of the podcast is Alex Pereira. And Alex is the team captain of the Long Island Bombers beat baseball team. Alex, how's it going today? Good. Great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Appreciate you joining me and just want to thank you uh, first off again for allowing me to play with the Bombers this year at the World Series. Uh, it was uh, it was a blast. I'm glad you joined yourself. Thank you for joining us. Absolutely. Uh, so first off, Alex, just uh, give us some, some background on yourself as far as where you were born, uh, your early years. Yeah, so I uh, grew up in, in New York, Long Island. Um, now just basically stayed in New York, the state, different parts of New York City, in between New York City and Long Island throughout the, my youth and growing up. And gotcha. looking to stay here, yeah, you know, I enjoy New York City, so that's where I'm looking to continue to live for the time being. It's in your blood, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. 
And then uh, as far as your visual impairment, uh, talk to me about what your condition actually is. Yes, yeah, so I have uh, Stargardt's macular degeneration. That's what I got diagnosed with. So obviously prior to that, I had 20-20 vision. Gotcha. And how old were you when you were diagnosed? Fairly young. I, I honestly didn't even know I was visually impaired until I came across other visually impaired people. I didn't know what it was to be visually impaired. So that was uh, a different experience for me uh, when I got had gotten diagnosed. I never had been exposed to anybody until it happened to me. Right. I see. And then uh, as far as education, career, um, anything you want to mention there? Yeah. So <clears throat> I was in the animal handling field. I was working at the, one of the zoos here in New York, the Brooklyn Zoo, and I was looking to proceed a career in, in that field once again. But once my vision wasn't going to be allowing me to work at a zoo, and so I had to change my career around and reinvent myself. And now I'm currently uh, teaching music um, in New York City at a uh, at a school. And yeah. uh, what type of music do you actually teach? Yeah, so I teach percussion, um, all hand drums. Uh, basically what I learned in a traditional manner was uh, Afro-Cuban music. So it's all percussion, uh, all hand instruments. So it's all acoustic. So that's what I carried on and uh, started teaching. Gotcha. That's awesome. Yeah. So let's talk about uh, sports and adaptive sports here. And I'm curious, what was kind of your first introduction to adaptive sports for the visually impaired? Yeah, the first sport uh, was actually, uh, it was judo and uh, beat baseball back in 2008. I wanted to continue and live a active life with sports and consequently, when I did my research, those were the two things that came up. So I started off with uh, judo, then uh, beat baseball. And I've been doing um, the beat baseball ever since. But those were awesome. the first two, yeah. And then it carried on to other other sports as well after years, uh, passing by and being exposed to different uh, adaptive sports as well. Gotcha. And then in terms of B-Ball, so was it the, the Long Island Bombers that you initially started with? Correct, yeah. So it's, um, I looked, uh, I did some research and the Long Island Bombers came up. They were the only team in the area on Long Island, and they still are, and proceeded to contact with them, contact them, and then been playing with them ever since. Wow. Nice. And so I know you've been with the, the team for a while and just talk to me about the history of the Bombers. Uh, from what I understand, they started back in the 90s, right? Correct. They started back in the 90s. It was uh, two uh, individuals who had gotten together and uh, decided to start more of a competitive team. I believe before that, there might have been a couple programs, uh, uh, people involved with the sport at, re at a recreation level, but they were looking to tickets. Beyond that, and started the Long Island Bombers, and here we are, you know, uh, currently, and we're still out there. We're still playing. We're still competing. Yeah, I know. Just in terms of the NBBA, you know, Long Island is is one of the long timer, you know, long tenure teams in the league. So that's awesome. Right. Yeah. And then, so you are captain of the team, and talk to me about how you became captain and just your role as as captain of the Bombers. Yeah. So. Before me, uh, there was another gentleman, Jim Hughes. He was the former captain. Uh, so I'm the second generation captain. Uh, he decided more or less to retire about three to four years ago. And we needed to vote somebody in. So the team voted me in and I've been captain ever since. So just taking care of the team in different ways as far as organizing, motivation, um, having everything lined up for tournaments and the World Series. So I guess more or less just like any other responsibility from any other captain in uh, the organization or the the league, for that matter. Gotcha. Yep. Yeah. In terms of the 2021 NBBA World Series, 
so, you know, as far as the Bombers, I know we finished 10th uh, out of 19 teams. And I'm curious, just your take on the series in general, as far as our team's performance, and just uh, any observations, any, you know, shout-outs you want to mention? Or... Yeah, so initially we weren't expecting to do as well as we did, given the circumstances that the team was in. All our starter players were not able to attend. So there was concern with uh, having the right chemistry p- with people on the field, not being used to each other and feeling comfortable because uh, obviously we picked up people from other state. As you know, you, you were one of them. So when you find yourself in that situation, uh, you don't merge as well. You know, you're just uh, concerned with people on the field that you're not familiar with and trying to avoid any collusions on the field. It's a matter of feeling comfortable to reach that level of uh, competition that takes you to where you need to be. But once again, we were, you know, we were all surprised and uh, we did better than expected and moved up uh, higher than, than anybody thought. Absolutely. Everybody was uh, extremely sat- satisfied with our performance and what we did as a team. Definitely. And I know just for me, one game that comes to mind uh, was against Bayou City Heat. And uh, you actually had the the walk off hit and and run to actually win that game in the bottom of the six, and just kind of you know rec- if you could recall, kind of take us through that that at bat and and just that whole experience. Yeah, sure. So at that at bat, um, the guy before me on the lineup had uh, uh, hadn't. Uh, I don't know if she, he struck out or he made it to the. I'm not even sure. I don't know. Maybe you recall. I don't know what exactly happened that made the out for the person before me, but that would have been the person to do it. He was, uh, uh, he is a great player. So for whatever reason, I can't recall now why he wasn't able to score. So um, I, I know it came down to me was the last out uh, to win that game was the bottom of the inning. Um, so I just tried to keep my composure as best as possible and, just have on my mind, whether it's a grounder or a fly ball, just to run it out as fast as I could. Uh, and that's what happened. Uh, and it was exciting winning that that game against Bayou City. Absolutely. And as yeah. you know quite well, Bayou City, you know, they've been in the championship game in recent years. Right, and yeah. Certainly have a lot of talent. So, you know, I, I'm sure I can speak for the team and, and just how amazing that, that win was, you know, for us. Yeah, yeah. The whole team was pumped up. Um, it, it was a moment like that that really lives on in the team. It's a conversation piece, you know, down the road when the team gets older and we recall things that might be one of them that, that we'll discuss amongst others. Absolutely. And I know it was great to meet uh, Fonzie, who developed uh, these new beat balls that were used uh, for the first time in the World Series. And uh, I know he's been part of Bayou City uh, for a while. Absolutely, yeah. Fonzie's a great guy. Uh, the whole team is great. I played with that team in the past. And if the opportunity rises, I look forward to playing with them again. So, yeah, shout yeah. out to Bayou City Heat. Definitely, for sure. Yeah. And then I know the, the Indy Thunder captured their fifth uh, straight World Series title. Um, I actually had a chance to attend the, the championship game and, and see that. And, you know, it was a walk-off home run, kind of like our game with Bayou City, but a walk-off for the Thunder to beat the San Antonio Jets. Right, but yeah, and, talking about a winning, winning game hit, I mean, I understand that the guy hit a home run, huh? Yeah, Corey White from the Thunder. Yeah. So it was uh, it was yeah. seven to six and you know, obviously in beat ball you get two runs for a homer. So it uh, I'm just curious your thoughts on the Thunder and, and you know the dominance of that team. Well obviously, yeah, they have good management. Whatever they're doing is extremely well. Uh we actually are gonna be playing them, the Thunder, um uh, on the eighteenth of this month in uh, Philadelphia for the Philadelphia leg of the Beast of the East. But uh, obviously, a team like that who's been winning consecutively several years, um, they're, they're doing, doing something better than others. So, uh, shout out to them as well. They deserve a lot Absolutely. of credit. They work hard. Anything that works hard, you know, it pays off. No doubt, for sure. 
Um, so I know you have competed in some other adaptive sports. I know you did mention judo, and I think you've also played blind baseball, right? Correct, yeah. Um, other forms of martial arts, uh, hockey, uh, yeah, various things, outrigging. Uh, there's a lot that New York City has to offer. Um, there's uh, over 10 uh, sports for the vision impaired, so it's amazing that uh, all this all these programs are, are available for vision impaired. Oh yeah, that's that's amazing. That's such a variety and so many opportunities. And um, I, I wondered if you could just speak a little bit about blind baseball and how it is different from beatball. Yeah, so the, we'll, we'll start off with the, the equipment. Um, the only electronical equipment that's used in adaptive baseball is um, first plate, first base. We actually play in a full diamond uh, with a baseball regulation field. Hmm. And everything else is basically audible. So um, you self pitch, <clears throat> excuse me, self pitch. The ball is, <clears throat> excuse me, the ball is the same dimensions as a, a regular baseball. It's hollowed out in the middle and it has uh, three bells in it. So as long as the ball is in movement, you hear the ball. Once it stops, obviously it becomes very difficult to zone in on that if you don't have a good read on where it stopped. So gotcha. um, you're at home plate, you're holding the ball with one hand, whether you're left or you're right. If you're a righty, then you're holding the ball with your left hand and then you take a swing with your right hand. I know it may be a little bit odd for the b-ball players, but this is just another form that's simulating something close to uh, baseball and playing on a full diamond. Um, and the zone where you have to hit the ball is in between second and third base and it has to be a grounder because if it's a fine ball obviously the field is in between second and third base wouldn't be able to really hear it given right yeah given that it's uh the, the, the ball has bells in it and it's not beeping or emitting any electronic noise uh so once you do that <clears throat> you uh round off you run around first base, which has the only uh, buzzing electronic system. And it's a flat base. It's not uh, a stand-up cylindrical base that we're used to in beat baseball. So it's flat and it's set right at first base. So you go to that, you run around first base, you go to second base. You never stop at first base. It's just one of the rules that makes it a little bit more competitive for the fielders to get you out. And the feelers also have to throw the ball. So that's something new that we're the people, players are not used to either. So the fielders actually throwing the ball to the, the second baseman, which is a person who's on your team who's sighted. I see. Yeah. Uh, and they're constantly making um, a notable noise verbally, which is two, 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 two. So they're saying two, you know where to throw that ball. Hmm. And very cool yeah yeah and then is is everyone blindfolded everybody is blindfolded right very interesting hey i would definitely love to to take a crack at you know blind baseball so to speak sometime yeah yeah it's interesting um like i said when you speak to most people players um there's some misunderstanding with the self-pitching form of it you know, we're all used to taking that power swing, uh, that traditional uh, swing at bat. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, and then just to wrap up here, um, just talk to me about, you know, what you enjoy most about playing adaptive sports, whether it's speedball, you know, judo, hockey, blind baseball, and why would you recommend, you know, a blind or visually impaired person who might be listening who's never tried any kind of adaptive sports, why should they, you know, give it a shot? Despite whatever person may be going through with vision loss or has been recently diagnosed at whatever age, uh, there's always something to do. There's always something to accomplish. Um, and this is a prime example. I know we live in different cities and different towns and there's something close by where somebody could get involved with doing. Um, whether that's fishing, you know, there's so many programs out there. It's just a matter of the individual being motivated enough to do the research 
And I'm always certain that there's something within close proximity that they could get themselves involved with. So there's no reason why anybody who's visually impaired should be home and not not being active. Definitely. Well said. All right. Again, we've been chatting with Alex uh, Barrera of the Long Island Bombers. And uh, Alex, really appreciate the time. Thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. Oh, thank you. For sure. All right, so in this segment, we are chatting with Edgar Erickson, also known as Tiger. And Edgar and I actually roomed together during the World Series this year. And so I got a chance to interview him uh, during that World Series week in Wichita. And we will go ahead and pick up the conversation uh, where Edgar is just telling us about himself. So yeah, just uh, let's let's just start off with like a little bio about yourself. Uh, where do you live? Uh, what kind of work do you do? And just kind of tell me about yourself. Sure, sure. Uh, well, I'm from New York City, born and uh, born and bred, born and raised in New York all my life. Yep. Um, I uh, I work in healthcare. I work in uh, Bellevue Hospital Center in New York City. Nice. Um, I work with the language services department there, and we provide uh, interpretation, translation services. We have uh, a lot of people from different parts of the world that come to our hospital. Yep. And so uh, a lot of them, for a lot of them, uh, English is their second language. And uh, so we want to make sure that uh, any communication between um, healthcare providers and the patients is understood completely is very important in the healthcare setting. So uh, we make sure that uh, that is achieved by providing uh, the services they need. Awesome. That's great work. That's that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And then as far as your visual impairment, uh, what exactly is your, your eye condition? Sure. Um, I have a little bit of a complicated story. I don't, I don't know if it is, but, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, uh, you know, I, uh, I, I, yeah, I was born uh, fine to my knowledge, but uh, I think at the age of six or seven, I was detected or uh, diagnosed with um, cataract. Hmm. Um, and uh, from what I'm told, I, I do recall my first surgery. I think I was about seven years old. And uh, so uh, I remember having that. And um, and then evidently, I guess they found another cataract in the other eye, and they did that uh, surgery. Uh, so um, I went through uh, my, you know, my early years, uh, you know, that time, eight, nine, ten years old. I was able to see. I, I wore the thick glasses at that at that time. Yep. Uh, you know, yep. after cataract surgery, I had to wear the thick glasses. So Coke I, bottle glasses. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I got made fun of a lot. Trust me. <laughs> oh yeah. So uh, never done that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, I had to wear those, but I was able to read regular print, and I was able to play sports. I always loved sports. Um, so even though I had the, um, the eye, you know, eye condition, I, I love baseball. I, I love all sports, football, basketball, but I really love baseball. I mean, it, yeah. it was a passion. And so I, you know, I played, I played a lot of baseball, little league baseball. I played softball. Um, it's, you know, I just loved it. It was a part of my life, uh, especially in the summer. It's practically every day. Uh, it was baseball all day long <laughs> until, until it got dark. Until the sun went down. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Very cool. Yeah. And then in terms of uh, beat baseball, talk to me about how you were introduced to the sport and just how you got into it. Yeah, it's an interesting story. Uh, I think I mentioned to you that uh, a friend of mine, uh, Braulio Thorne, who is also on our team, the, uh, the Long Island Bombers, he's been playing this game for years. I think I think close to four, more 40 years, I think. <laughs> wow. And he, he uh, we met. We met back in, uh, I'm giving away my age, but who cares, <laughs> right? <laughs> I think we met back in 1985 oh, wow. uh, at, uh, at a facility called the Lighthouse in New York City. That provided uh, they they still do I think not to uh, as much as they they used to but they provide services for vision impaired so uh, I met Braulio and uh, we got to know each other and he told me about beat baseball and uh, I thought to myself man I don't know if I want to play that I mean uh, <laughs> it sounds like you know like first of all I, I thought about well I, I can't see so I'm gonna hit, get hit in the face with the ball right. you know it's just and, the logistics of yeah, yeah safety and you know. yeah and then I also thought I don't know if it's gonna be comp- Competitive. I mean, you know, you know, I, I, I had a bias, you know. I, I a bunch of blind guys running around after ball. You know what I mean? I, <laughs> oh, you yeah. know, it's these like, thoughts in your mind. Yeah, these thoughts yep. in my mind. So I, I never really uh, took him up on it. He invited me all the time because uh, he saw me participating in other things. You know, I used to go swimming. Uh, they did classes there, fitness classes. So uh, he, he would invite me, but I, I never went. And um, 
But then, lo and behold, um, I think it was around, uh, I'm trying to think back exactly where it might have been, about eight years ago or so, uh, they did a demo um, in Central Park uh, in the city. Hmm. Uh, and just just to backtrack a little bit, another reason why they didn't go is because the team was based in Long Island. So they told me oh, they had to go to Long Island, and Long Island is a suburb of New York City. You have to take a, a railroad to get there. So I didn't want to. I, I thought I, I don't want to get on the railroad and invest all the time and, and energy. Right. I thought it was just too far. All the excuses, you know. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Yep. So, uh, but they, they did the demo um, in uh, Central Park, and uh, I went there with my girlfriend at the time, uh, supporting my friend Braulio. I watched the game. They actually played the game. It was an exciting game. Hmm. And uh, afterwards, they did a demo. They said people want to come up and try out the the sport. You know, maybe uh, take a couple of swings. And I went up there, put the blindfold on, and uh, took a couple of swings and hit the ball a couple of times. I said, oh, my God. You know, (laughs) this is incredible. Yeah, so you knew right away. I knew right away. you wanted to do, to pursue. Once I hit hit the ball, man, I was like, wow. What what have I been missing? You know? Mm. Yeah. Yep. And had yeah. you ever competed in any kind of adaptive sports before for the blind? Um, not not organized. Um, like I said, I you know I did swimming. I did um, uh, the Achilles Track Club, which is um, they're part of the Road Runners in New York, uh, a well-known um, uh, tr- uh, walk and run club. Yep. And um, the tandem biking, things like that. But I never had participated in organized sports for the vision impaired. Oh, I see. Oh, I see. And then, uh, so you, I know you've been to several World Series and just talk to me about the experience of going to a World Series, you know, describe for those who've never been uh, just kind of what that whole vibe and environment is like. It's a great experience. I, I tell you, um, you know, you go with your team. So um, it's a great way to bond with your team, you know, your teammates, the volunteers, the coaches. Uh, you know, the, the, that first time I went, it was an incredible experience. It was in Minnesota. I recall Rochester, Minnesota. Uh, I want to say it was around 20, um, was it 2014 or so? Uh, I, I believe. So um, it was a great experience because uh, I was going, I, you know, I was going to the practices, getting to learning the game, uh, learning how to field, how to hit, uh, getting your timing down. As, as you well know, yeah. beat baseball is a game of uh, timing and where you, knowing where you are in space being able to move in the right direction at the right time. So I was learning all that, and um, they said, hey, we're going to the World Series. You want to come? You know, come on. And I said, well, you know, let's give it a shot. Yeah. And uh, it was great. Like I said, you get to know your teammates. You get to know the volunteers. And then you get to meet um, people from other teams. It's, that's part of the whole experience, the, the social aspect, the networking. You meet people from all over the country, you know, from Texas, from Indiana, from Florida, from Georgia, from everywhere, St. Louis, and you meet all these people and you know they're visually impaired they all they they want to play they want to compete and uh and you meet the, the volunteers the different people that uh help out and and help make this sport happen so it's 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 really an awesome experience i have to say it's um it's incredible man i i feel uh really uh blessed man to uh be a part of it absolutely yeah I, i've been to several lucky enough to have been to several world series myself and really second everything you said i mean it's really just amazing it's you really can't describe it in any other way yeah it's such a a huge event such a life-changing event in so many ways i i I agree with that i mean um you just you just feel really great i mean this was to me has been great and and you go to different parts of the country i've been like i said i've been to um rochester minnesota um Eau Claire, Wisconsin, Rochester, New York, um, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yep. Yep. You know, here we are now in, Wa- in Wichita, Kansas. Um, so you go, you travel. That's a great aspect of the sport. You get to travel, um, and um, it's it's very cool. I mean, it really is. You and the people you meet in different towns, uh, people that see us, you know, they're curious. You know, they see us walking around, and right. and uh, you know, they they they're, some of them are aware that we're in town, and they ask us about, hey, how's it going? How how do you guys do today? Uh, you know, and uh, it's great. It's it's it's, it's an overall uh, super experience. Absolutely, definitely. And uh, let's talk a little more about the gameplay actually on the field. And uh, in terms of fielding, what uh, kind of positions on the field do you like to play? And, you know, where do you play on the field? And just what's your approach to to fielding the ball? 
Sure. I mean, um, well, as you know, in, in beat baseball, in, on the field, you have six players. Right. And uh, we use two bases, and uh, first and third, and uh, they have these uh, uh, big old uh, foam pylons on there that buzz when the ball is hit. So uh, we're on the field. We All six of us have blindfolds on, and we're spread out uh, along the field. And, and there's a sighted person on the field called a spotter. And uh, once the ball is hit... Um, the spotter can only call out the, the number of the zone where the ball is hit. Now, different teams uh, can arrange their defense the way they want, and they can assign numbers according to uh, the way they uh, place their players. But once you, uh, you, you're on the field and, and you have a number on your team, uh, you're responsible for that area. So, for example, um, in, in the last uh, couple of years, I've been playing a lot of four uh, which in in our defense is sort of a if you look at a baseball field it would be like a deep shortstop and it doesn't have to necessarily be so deep but in the shortstop area yeah. and uh, it's a place it's a position where you get a lot of action and so if you're at four in our defense you know you have to be listening if the ball is in they call out four that means it's coming pretty much at you or near you pretty much at you or you know maybe a couple feet away now if it's a uh, five then you have to start moving to your right because you maybe will have a chance at it or maybe it's hit at the guy playing five and you may have to back him up if it gets by him. If it's at three, then you got to move to your left because uh, that's the three position. So you have to be aware of your number and where you need to move once the spotter makes the call. The spotter makes the call and then you have to listen. You have to listen and to hear the beeping of the ball. You also want to listen the way the ball comes off the bat because that gives you a clue as to how much time you might have. For example, if it's hit hard, today I had a play where um, they called, no, well, I'm sorry, I wanna go, not today, uh, yesterday. I recall it very vividly. I was playing four and uh, the spotter uh, on our team, Matt Galante, called three, but I heard the ball was hit hard and I knew <laughs> that I had to dive quickly to my left. I knew that I didn't have time to take too many steps. Right. So I said to myself, in my mind, I said, just dive to your left. <laughs> And I did, and lo and behold, the ball hit me. I think it hit me on the chest or something. I blocked it, and it was right there. I picked it up, registered the out. Great play, you know, fast, quick. Had to react quickly. So, uh, you know, that's that's the way it works. Now, my team, I play a lot of positions. I I feel like I'm very versatile, and I can move around, and I can, I'll play anywhere because my philosophy is I just want to be in there. So right. if someone's comfortable playing a position, some people are comfortable playing only one position. Um, that's fine. I don't. I don't mind. I can move around because as long as in, I'm in the game, I know I'm gonna do a good job wherever I'm at. And plus, I get to hit, which is what I really want to do. <laughs> I mean, I'm a good defender, but I like to hit. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, and that's a great segue uh, in terms of hitting. Talk to me about your approach at the plate. Uh, you know, obviously, set, ready, pitch, set, ready, ball. You know, there are different variations that pitchers use. And when you step up to that plate, what is your mindset? What are you trying to do in terms of timing? Yeah, I'm listening for the pitcher. Um, I like to I like to get feedback from my pitcher. So sometimes if I know my pitcher, then I know him already. Um, but I always uh, make sure I check in with him. I, I, you know, I want to know his cadence, you know, set, ready, pitch. You know, the ball should be leaving his hand by pitch. Yep. Um, you know, you want to stand up, uh, you know, and uh, just have a good stance and just be ready. I mean, you time it. You know, when you hear pitch, then, hey, I'm ready to uh, – I'm going to wait maybe with uh, our pitcher, James. I know that when he says pitch, I got about a, a second or so to really get a good swing going. He doesn't throw the ball very fast. So, I, with him, I know I can wait a little bit. So um, he'll say pitch, I'll wait a little bit, then I'll try to just put a good swing on it. My approach is try to hit the ball hard, get a little bit, I have a little bit of an uppercut. I want to get it in the air if I can. Um, but I just want to make sure I put a good swing on it. And then, hey, that's the game. You hit the ball and then you listen quickly to hear which base is buzzing and then just run as fast as you can to get to that base before the defense makes the play. Yeah. And then when you when you actually do score a run, just talk to me about what is that feeling like, you know, getting out of the box, so to speak, running as fast as you can, hitting that base, scoring the run, 
What does that feel like? Uh, to you? It's a great feeling, man. It's a great feeling. You get, you know, you're running, you're running, and and, and, and you're getting to the close to the base, and <laughs> you, you reach out your arms, you know, and Yo. you, you know, you you, you want to make sure you don't miss the base because that's another thing. Sometimes some guys have to swipe swipe it and kind of like clothesline <laughs> it, but you might miss it. That's right. So uh, you know, you want to make sure you don't miss the base. So you, I'm, my approach is, get, you know, I'm getting close. I want to make sure I don't miss the base. And sometimes that means you're gonna have to collide into it and you take a fall. So it's a rough game right. because you do go down to the ground, fielding and uh, hitting, you know, when you're ready to the base. So um, I wanna get to that base and if you get to that base and they say safe, man, it's a great feeling. You score the run for your team, your team gets excited, they, they cheer and uh, you're helping your team win, man. I mean, that's what it's all about. Um, you're playing the game on defense, you wanna make plays. To uh, make sure that uh, you keep the other team at bay, uh, don't let them score runs. And on offense, you want to score runs to make sure that at the end of the game, your team has more runs than they do, and that's how you win the game. That's the way it works. Very well said. Yep. And then uh, just to wrap up here, just talk to me about what what keeps you coming back playing the sport. What really drives you? What motivates you? What do you enjoy most about beat baseball? The competition is awesome. I mean, uh, it's a it's a chance to compete at a high level again. Um, you know uh, that bias that I had at, uh, when my friend used to invite me uh, years ago. Um, it taught me a lesson, man. It's and it's a simple thing, but sometimes we ignore the the uh, the simple things in life. They don't knock something until you try it, and. Uh, Sometimes we just, it's, it's simple, but sometimes we don't understand that you really, you really have to try something before you dismiss it. It taught me a very important lesson, life lesson, not just for me, baseball, or a life lesson. Don't dismiss something. Don't, don't say, oh, I'm not interested. Try it first. Because if you try and you don't like it, you haven't lost anything. You tried it, you didn't like it. Okay, fine. But if you try it and you find you love it, then you've gained something great. And that's what I did with beatball. Um, you know, I'm an older player right now. Uh, my coach says, hey, if you would have started this game, you know, when you were 25, they would have put you in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> you know, I, I'm a decent player. I'm a good player, oh, but yeah. uh, I'm yeah. up in age now. So uh, I'll give my age away. I don't mind. I'm 56 years old. Um, so uh, my goal right now is to, uh, I'm playing at a decent level, but I want to improve. And that's what, you know, and that, that's what's great about this game. Because, I mean, you can take this game as a recreation if you want and just look at it as having, you know, which I do. I have fun. But some people really want to compete, and I want to get better. I, you know, I, I want to get better even in, uh, in, in at my age. I feel I can get better. And, and to do that, you know, I think about how I can do that. You know, better conditioning, you know, losing some weight so you can run faster, maybe uh, working out a little bit more, you know, not necessarily to bulk up, but build some uh, some strength so you can hit the ball farther. Uh, further or higher so that's what's on my mind right now I don't know how much longer I'll be able to play the game at, at the level I play it now but I want to play it at a, maybe a little bit higher level I'm going to try to do that that's my goal right now to do what it takes to be able to play the game at even a higher level because the game is be is very competitive and we have some serious athletes out there as you know as you well know definitely oh yeah a lot of them and it's you know it's it's tough competition in a lot of these games and we're really fighting, scrapping, clawing, uh, whatever verb you want to use. Literally, man. You're crawling <laughs> on the ground at times for that ball, you know, trying to get to oh, the ball, yeah. you know. It hits off you. You know, I had, a, I had a couple today. You know, you dive, it hits off your face even or your body, yep, and it, yep. it, it kind of it, it moves away, and you're listening for it, and sometimes you got you to gotta crawl to get it, you know, and <laughs> – and you're, you know, you think I gotta get to the ball, man, before that guy gets to the base. Yep. So, uh, yeah, no, you're, you're literally, you know, just crawling, man, whatever it takes, man, just diving and trying to make a play, you know, especially when you play at a high level. And again, you know, you, you were here with our team with the Bombers. It was a pleasure having you with us this week. And as you all know, we did pretty well. I mean, we were projected at uh, 14 out of how many teams? What was it? 18, 19 teams? I'm not sure. About 19. 19 teams. Yeah. So we were projected at 14. And I thought from the, you know, I mentioned this to you, I thought we were better than that and it turns out that we are we uh, got top 10 which is a good achievement for us a really good achievement so uh, yep. I'm happy about it um, I think we can do even better I mean I think uh, we can do even better so that's the goal uh, and that's why this game is great because it helps you to uh, set goals you know I'm just hey you know what we got top 10 you know what let's shoot for top five I mean can we make it I don't know but let's give it a shot and let's see, you know, maybe we can move up to, who knows? So that's seven, six, 
Uh, and maybe we can get to that top five in the next couple of years. So Absolutely. those are those are my goals. Awesome. Very well said. And I really like what you said about you know don't don't. Uh, you know, say something, oh, I don't want to do that, and without ever trying it, saying, oh, I don't like that. Like anything in life, whether it's food, whether it's sports, you know, anything. Try it once, see see if it resonates with you, if it's something you enjoy, you know, and especially people who are blind, visually impaired with disabilities. I mean, B-Baseball is just a perfect example of an activity, a sport that can really change your life, and you know, like you said, uh, Edgar, you know, you had kind of some, some biases about it that you even admitted. I did. Yeah, I did. I really did. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, but yet you still tried it and look what happened. You were immediately sold. So. Yeah. I waited maybe a little too long, but <laughs> as they say, uh, better late than never. Exactly. So, uh, but, it, but, it, but it did teach me something. I, and this is something that, uh, again, a life lesson. You know, I'm not going to do that anymore. Um, I'm going to, you know, if I hear about something that sounds uh, somewhat interesting, I'm not going to say, hey, nah, I don't think I'm going to do that. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to give it a, I'm going to give, I'm going to give it a try. I'm going to give it a try, see how I feel about it. And uh, in that way, I'll, I'll know if this is something for me or if it's not for me. But, you know, you, you don't lose anything by trying. Absolutely. Yep. Great message. All right. Well, again, Edgar Erickson, really appreciate the time, man. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much. Oh, Greg, thank you, man. It's been a pleasure being, you know, here with you all week. You're an interesting guy. Um, I think you're, you're, you're doing some great things. Um, and thank you for having me on, on your podcast, man. I mean, it's been, uh, it's been really great, man. And I uh, hope to uh, keep communicating with you uh, for he- from here on out. Absolutely. Awesome, man. Really appreciate it. Alright, so just to put a bow on this episode, I wanted to go through the roster of all the players who competed on the Bombers in the World Series this year. So, of course, we had Alex Barrera, the team captain, Braulio Thorne, Casey Bond, Catherine Jedinak, Dan Johnson, Edgar Erickson, myself, Husani Hill, who absolutely killed it and scored a ton of runs for us, Joe DeJesus, Pasquale Anone, and Mel Janellis, who also goes by Sean, uh, did join us, but unfortunately was not able to play because of an injury, but uh, was a great support. Tony Galante was our coach in the series, and his son Matt Galante was a huge help as our spotter out in the field. In terms of our pitchers, uh, James Sartino was our main pitcher, longtime pitcher within B-ball, and also Ken Bond helped out uh, pitching as well. As far as the volunteers, David and Marshall Lindbergh, my parents, uh, were a great help. Ken and Gail Bond, Henry and Aura Hill, and Rafael De Jesus. And again, uh, just wanted to mention the Bombers finished 4-6 and six in the World Series, which was good enough for 10th place out of 19 teams. Uh, so we were super proud of that top 10 finish. And hey, look to improve on that record even more in the next World Series. Be sure to follow the Eyes Free Sports podcast at facebook.com slash eyesfreesports and on Twitter at eyesfreesports.com.